people slash I love vinyl records? Is there an answer to this question? Well, listener, yes, there is. Firstly, there is the sound. Vinyl has more peaks and valleys in its sound, more than any digital forms. Vinyl sound seems to fill the room in a better way than a CD does. To me, it's the best way to hear more music without having to get stoned. Secondly, there is the physical connection. Opening a vinyl record and looking at it, the touch, the smell, is almost as fun as playing it. I love the packaging and all the thought that goes into it, all the information about the artists, the tracks. Sometimes the lyrics are included. The imagination of the artist is on show, not just from the songs, but it's there in your hands. And who doesn't like something right there in their hands? Also, the collection looks better. It's aesthetically pleasing. Often, I just look through the albums without even playing any. To me, the dollar value isn't important, though for many it probably is. More important than anything else, they are just bloody cool. And the amp and the speakers that go with it just make it even better. Hopefully today we will learn a little bit more about vinyl and a little bit more about each other. And with that, I look forward to hearing from the the podcast with No Name team. Who do we have today? Jerry the Fish. Yo. Yo, uh, the cassette queen. Hello, everybody. Eddie. How you going there, Vinyl Tackle? What's happening? Awesome. Oh, look, everything's happening. Um, not wearing the vinyl today. I was looking for some, but yeah. And who else do we have? We have the captain. Hey, how you going? Good. Thanks for coming. And hopefully we've got Sid. So thank you, Graham. Yeah, it's happy to be here. As a young child, I had some connection with vinyl records. My parents had about 50 or so. Um, some of the greats, Kamal, Bing Crosby, Barry Crocker, Shirley Bassey, you get the gist. Back then I was more interested in the stereo rather than the records themselves or the music. The way the record dropped and the tone arm swung across was really exciting for a seven or eight-year-old. I think it was a general electric stereo unit, something, something like that. As time passed, which is what it does so well, my oldest sister started to buy some records, some vinyl records, ABBA, Sherbet, and the latest hit mixes. I started to become interested in the music. Uh, I loved David XX back in the early days. Then probably around 1980, I bought my first vinyl record. I was so proud at the time. It was Leo Sayer's greatest hits. I don't have it anymore, but I have actually purchased a copy, which I still play and listen to. It's really it's really good when you're feeling a bit blue or if it's raining in your heart or you need a song to make you feel like dancing. You know, I like it anyway. Fast forward to, say, June 1983. My dad bought me my first turntable. I think it was a Toshiba, something like that. Um, had a built-in amp, had a massive 10-watts RMS per channel and separate speakers. That was pretty cool. I'm pretty sure the first album I bought was Time and Tide by Split Ends and also grabbed Ends of an Era. Um, I still have them both, which is awesome. That, unfortunately, was also the last present my dad ever bought me as he uh, passed away not long after. 
that record player and the vinyl records I played on it every day pretty much got me through years 11 and 12 at school. By 1986, I probably had about 100 albums. There were still, they were still cheaper then than, say, CDs, which I think they came in about 1992, um, 1982, sorry, I think. Um, so it was like The Cure, Die Straits, Talking Heads, Spandau Ballet, Roxy Music, Hoodoo Gurus, Bowie, Queen, Loved Electric Light Orchestra, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Cold Chisel, and for me, The Smiths probably were the biggest back then. Had full of hollows by the Smiths got me through the HSC, I think. So you imagine trying to psych yourself up for the HSC by listening to the Smiths. Anyway, it worked for me. <laughs> now, I've probably got about 400 records. The most recent I've purchased would be Foo Fighters Greatest Hits, uh, Radiohead, and uh, Limited Edition Mondo Rock LP, and ACDC Live, which is awesome. Um, I'm not a huge collector, really. I only buy records that I pretty much know I'm going to listen to regularly. And I'm really looking forward to uh, COVID ending and vinyl sales meets coming back. So I was just getting into them before um, COVID hit. You get some good cheap stuff, probably poor quality. But you get thousands of records in one haul. Everyone going mad. So, yeah, that's pretty much my, my history there. A couple of questions now that you might want to answer or try and answer. Question one, what speed is a vinyl album spinning at? Queen, 33. 33. Well, You've got to be depends. spot on. You've got to be spot on. 33 RPM. Or, or depends. You can go at 45, right? But don't singles uh, go at 45? Yeah. Still, oh, did you say yeah. album? Yeah, LP. And albums. So, like, yeah. Sorry, I missed Oh, yeah, my mistake. Yeah, singles are 45s, yeah. Isn't it yeah. like 33? Dang, Eddie, 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 you got it. RPM? 33.3. Three. But you'll know also what speed is a vinyl single spinning at. 45. That is 45. So you got it right, question one point each. And quickly, what does RPM stand for? Revolutions per minute. Jerry the Fish. Bang, spot on. It's not rev. Depends what you're playing. Could be revs per minute. No, it's actually revolutions <laughs> per minute. Not the stuff I play. Hopefully you got three points. We'll see. Question two. Which company introduced the first vinyl LP in 1948? It's a multiple choice question. Okay, so A, Decker. B, Columbia which could also be CBS, C, RCA, or D, Apple? I'll have to go B. I hope you're all writing the answers down so you can score. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, no? Jerry, Jerry yeah. spot on. B, it is yeah. Columbia. The first recording released on a, media, uh, on a modern 33.3 LP was actually Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto in E minor. So, um, I'm sure you didn't know that. Um, a bit of a timeline on records. 1878 was the first time music was actually put on a record. 1904, the first time a double-sided disc became available. 1930, RCA Victor creates the vinyl LP. 1949, it's the first time a durable seven-inch single was released. 1955, production started to record stereo sound on LPs. The first stereo LP ever produced in 1957 was called The Dukes of Dixieland. Only 500 copies were made. Then in 1968, production of the mono LP was discontinued. 
it's interesting that if in 1968 the production of mono was discontinued, bands slash companies using stereo as a selling point all throughout teenagehood and early adulthood for a start. Sure, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's a bunch of stuff in the in the supermarket that says it's all, it's gluten free, and it's like, of course it is, because na- that natural product has no gluten, but they still advertise yeah. it like that, right? They'll say gluten free. It's like, well, this has no gluten in it already. What are you talking about? True. So, yeah, true. I, th- I think Marketing. the thing is that stereo music did start in '57, and mono was still produced at the same time. They actually stopped making mono albums in in about '68. So. There's a, there's a crossover in time. Yeah. So any, anything we probably bought normally. And then quadraphonic, quadraphonic came in after that in the 70s, early 70s or something. Yeah, I think the big quadraphonic album was Divergence of um, Dark Side of the Moon, which you could actually right. buy in stereo or quadraphonic. So. Yeah, right. The only other thing i add to that is, like, when you talk about, you're talking vinyl, everything pre-1931 from what you just said is not vinyl. Actually, it was like the cover that was shellac or something back then, before vinyl. The first vinyl was printed in 31 or something. I was going to say, the next question would have been, before vinyl, what were records usually made of? And a lot, a lot of people say slate, but you're right, it's shellac. Does anyone know where shellac comes from? It comes from yes. the wood. Oh, oh, sorry, it's sorry. It's the Beatles. Yeah. Crunched up yeah. Beatles. They use it, um, a form of shellac as mm-hmm. hairspray as well. Like back in the old days when you, before sort of aerosol thing, used to have like those puffer sort of things and um, you'd mix up some, I don't know, maybe some alcohol or something with it and you'd spray it onto the hair and it would set like a hairspray. You probably notice that most of the guys here don't know a lot about hairspray. No. Why why'd they stop using it? Is it because the hairdressers are getting drunk all the time or? Yeah, Probably. I don't know. I think just, you know, the aerosol can became available, yeah, yeah. you know, and then the ozone yeah. layer went. The guy who invented chlorofluorocarbons also invented put lead in petrol. So he, he, he stuffed up. That was quite a lot to answer for. <laughs> Thomas, fun at parties, Thomas, though. His name was Thomas J. Midgley Jr., right? This guy also got polio and invented a pulley system to lift himself up in bed and then hung himself in that system when he was about 42. <laughs> so this guy, this guy invented chloro, chlorofluorocarbons he peaked too soon. and put lead in petrol <laughs> yeah. and then killed himself with his another invention. I've, I've, read, about, I've read about that. Works, man. I've read Thomas about that guy Virginia. too. And honestly, yeah, if, fucking hilarious, sorry. if hilarious. he had lived any longer, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> he would have destroyed the world. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, pretty, yeah, it's yeah. pretty inspiring. It is. <laughs> he was destined to go early, wasn't he? <laughs> Honestly, Thank like you. if if you read about that, just uh, it's it's brief, but read that guy's life history is pretty funny or tragic, <laughs> whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah, Doctor Carl's written about him. <laughs> mm. Love Doctor Carl. <laughs> Me too. It's like all the the artists drinking their terps, sending them mad. We had an art teacher in high school who used to. You remember they all metho, did. Metho breath? <laughs> oh. Metho breath. <laughs> I had it for art. She used to sneak into the storeroom. She'd come out. And be... <laughs> One of the great things about going from shellac to vinyl is the actual fact that back in the shellac days, you probably only had one song per side. 
because they actually spun it about 78.2 RPM. So when they introduced vinyl, you could pro- probably get about 21 minutes thereabouts per side, something around that, because it's spinning at 33.3. Um, so it just made it so much better, if that makes sense. Do any of you guys still play vinyl? Or like, do you have a collection? Do you, do you have a turntable or anything you want to talk about? Something you can mention that? So the last vinyl record I had was smashed and then blue tacked to the wall in my university dorm room. Do you, do you remember what it That's was? Sad. Uh, uh, I, well, I don't remember what it was. I remember what my older brother, the first vinyl record he bought was Fox on the Run. No, it was a single. Sweet. Absolutely hammered. I could sing it from start to finish now and I haven't heard it in 40 years. It's not a bad song. It's a great song. And then uh, it was ACDC. Well, I think the next album was Back in Black or something like that. And that got yeah. pounded as well. Did any of you ever take vinyl to parties and stuff and then the next one you wake up and it was all gone? It's yes. one of the reasons I didn't take vinyl to parties. Oh. Yeah, you learn real quick exactly that, that reason. Yeah, but when, you, when you're 16 or 17, you, you're out to impress and you think, oh, I'm going to take my this album or that album. Everyone's going to love it. They probably won't, but you often oh, wake up the next day. I'm glad. I'm glad you just said that because I was like just thinking, did I ever do that? And then you're like from 15, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, I was playing music in a band at a party or at a bar. So I never had that experience. I was never taking vinyl to it. I was like, why didn't I do that? It's because I was always playing music. I, I always went to impress and I'd, I'd take my Windsor Smith cockroach killer shoes and some <laughs> And I, I'd come home with the shoes most times, but often the vinyl disappeared. But, um, oh, some, sometimes I scored some as well. So <laughs> we used to do that with cassettes. You'd you'd make a mixtape, and on with your cassette, and you'd take it to the party with your name plastered all over it, and it was like, got to get my tape back. At the yeah, end, yeah, yeah. I remember getting a tape to tape deck. I was a god then. I could like record this song and put it on this tape, and I was like, mm. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's a, you know what I mean. And now you're editing. You're editing. We used to try and record the songs off yeah, the radio. All the time, you'd listen all day just yeah. to get that mm-hmm. one song you loved. That was crazy. And you'd, terrible. you'd sit there with your fingers on the play and yeah, the yeah, ready to go. waiting. Exactly, waiting. Yeah. Oh my god, how funny! I used to have an old Aewa. I think it was a CAW20 tape-to-tape deck boombox, and it was awesome because you could obviously record tape-to-tape and cut out the bits you didn't want, but it also could record, like, Commodore 64 programming tapes. Wow. So it, it just came in handy. Everyone would come over to my place and, and we'd record programs, which were probably in the old basic format, and then they'd rock off with the tape and they could whack it in their Commodore 64. I didn't know you could do that back then. So to answer your question, I I play vinyl not nearly every day, but pretty much every day. It's in our um, kitchen, kitchen dining room. And um, your story that you were saying before, Mr Tackle, um, is almost the exact story of mine. It's just replace sister with brother. And, you know, I have all of the... Uh, records right from probably about, well, my first record was 1982, but he, my brother has, uh, he must have, I don't know, 4,000 records. 
What's your go-to record, Captain, when you're feeling a bit blue? I do have a Leo Sayer one as well. Oh. <laughs> so it could, it, could, it could be that. Yeah, my favourite record of all time is um, Blue's Funeral by Mark Lanigan. Well. And so I have that on every single format. Okay, so. I'm going to write that down. What's that? I don't know who you're talking about. And Mark Lanigan, he used to be the singer of The Screaming Trees, but he's he's done a whole load of solo stuff. He also is a... Uh, the whole album is called Blues Funeral. Blues Funeral, mm. okay. Because yeah. my, my girlfriend loves blues. blues funeral. It's not really blues. Sure. She um, likes stuff that make, that makes you want to, like, jump off a balcony. Yeah, you could say that. It's sort of, he's got a very, very deep voice. I think sort of Tom Waits, extraordinary mm. songwriter. Um, uh, and not the, Lenny Cohen deep? Oh. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty deep. Yep. Wow. Yes, and he's amazing. And for those that are... Oh, you got props? you got props? Yeah, got props. That's it there. And it's beautiful, double album, green vinyl, you know, fold out. It's got all the lyrics, and I love it. It's amazing. That was one of the cubics of, of vinyl back in those days. It could come in different colours as well. I mean, uh, and you just, the imagine, CDs didn't exactly go in different colours as much. It was like two album um, best of Elvis Presley thing, and it was all pink. And um, also had the picture disc of Ziggy Stardust. That's when you mention picture discs, the best picture disc I've got is um, Metallica's One. Uh, it's just, it's just. I, I can love, that. I love the song, but the picture the disc just looks so awesome. The best picture disc I have is um, Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon when he's um, dressed up as sort of the werewolf with his fake teeth in and it's just grotesque, but it's actually not completely round. It's actually got like little sort of horny bits all over it. It's amazing. I was trying to think the whole time you were talking what my favourite album cover was and I, I think I can't go past, it just keeps coming back, is uh, Midnight Oil, Red Sails in the Sunset. Oh, yeah. Just like Sydney, Sydney Harbour, Harbour, just just gone. Uh, it's quite dramatic, and just, uh, just, I, I don't know. I think it's part of like the reminiscing, and you know, everyone. It seems to be everyone's teenage years is the music that you like, but like those sort of vi- they were really vibrant. The album covers, but like they really sort of stood out, you know, or were either stood out or just so like uh, laid back, like Dark Side of the Moon or whatever, or just just totally black or. There's something, there's some statement made with the album cover every time, just in my opinion, unless it was, uh, you know, Iggy Pop just pop standing there with no undies on, you know, on tight pants or whatever it was. It's cool, some say, sort of statement. it's cool what you say, Jerry, because Red Sails in the Sunset, um, I've actually got two copies of that. Right. The first album, I, is that probably the only album I ever pre ordered at a record, right. bu- record shop? Um, yeah. My favorite, um, you know, all album, probably 10 to 1. Me too. Red Sails and Sunset's pretty awesome as well. And you're right with the album cover. It's just incredible. The, the amount of time and thought they must have put into that um, just blows, blows my mind. I was looking at it earlier today and just Ooh. admiring it. Okay. Oh, we've, we've got 10 to 1. Like I've got all the records sort of stored away underneath, but 10 to 1 sits on in the little rack to play all the time. And one of the amazing things about 10 to 1, and it's what makes a great album, is every song's good. Very few duds on the Max Bygraves album. The double CD. No, it was actually a triple album. 
three wow. albums. So okay. So can I just clarify that this was the first album you owned? Because in our house, like Chris Christopherson was, the was first like album. the Silver Song yeah. Devil was in there, mate. And the Silver Tongue Devil came down. Like that I caught that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I, I grew actually, up listening to country yeah. music. Like my old man loved country music, so I had right. Jim Do you remember? Country music, oh, yep. yes. Do you remember? Absolutely. You're a country member? Yeah, my mum did Neil Diamond and she did Abba a lot. I remember that. Don't knock Neil Diamond. He's great to do housework too. Um, my mother, yeah, she had Neil Diamond, Neil Sadaka, the Mummers and the Papas. Charlie Pride, Kenny Rogers, and Slim Dusty. Yeah, Slim Dusty. If you've oh. been watching the latest um, thing on Netflix called Midnight Mass, Neil Diamond does the soundtrack to it. All the songs are featured, and it's incredible. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really okay. cool because their songs have so much complexity to them, and his voice is incredible. So What's to hear it, it, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass, and so cool. to hear it in totally different context with it working with a TV show, it takes on a whole new meaning, meaning because we only would have heard of those songs and not had seen them in a television program. Really good. I've got a trivia so You're question. a bit of a Neil Diamond fan then, eh? Oh, you know, you just got to be. Appreciate it. Everyone oh, has right a copy moment. of I saw Neil. August Night. I actually went to a concert, Neil Diamond concert, and sitting next to me was Cole Joy. That's wow. cool. Your name Actually, my mum no longer a VIP. <laughs> so my mum had get a no, VIP. Cole was up in the bleachers. My life just becomes more and more insignificant the more I listen to you. You said to jump in if you had a trivia question to ask your own. I've got one. Yeah, uh, please. I just mentioned Slim Dusty. So does anyone have a guess at Slim Dusty's complete albums? How many albums did Slim Dusty Oh, it's something like 50 or 70 or something. It's some ridiculous okay, so everyone, number. Everyone pick a number and let's all have a guess. I know what it 56. is. 56. Okay, 80. Okay, lock them in. 80. Uh, I'll go. 72. I'll go 50, 59. 56. 35. Is that it? Everyone in? Are you including best ofs and right. compilations? You're going, get a, you're going to get a second guess because you're all below it. Okay, 120. Okay, 127, 112, next. 131. 124. And we all jumped high. 106 is the answer. 106 wow. albums. So 106 <laughs> albums. Can you believe that? It's unbelievable. But so many of them are the doing, ding, doing, ding, doing. What do you mean, so many? All of them. That's everything. <laughs> it does my head in. So I remember when I was playing music. Someone said, you've got to check out country music. You could probably be a really good country music to a uh, good career in that blah, blah, blah. So I go, check out the music country charts. The number one song at the time was She's My Ute. That's, that was the number one. <laughs> so I listened to the song, and it's like, she's my ute, and I love her. And I'm like, no, that's it. I've never played country music. I'm done. I'm done. That was number one. Commercial time. Um. Have you ever wondered what to get for that person that you don't love but are obliged to buy a present for? The Inappropriate Gift Warehouse has a present range just for you. 
Our re-gifting range includes used and stained ties for your least favourite uncle and creased 1980s hairband wall posters for the teenagers. Our alcohol range includes all kinds of booze for your teetotaler brother and a special collection of sparkling red wine that goes pop every time you see your relative's brand new white carpet. And let's not forget our best-selling collection of celebratory penis pumps for the young adults and the impotent. So don't be caught out when you're in a difficult situation. Contact the inappropriate gift warehouse when you can tell your unloved ones exactly how you feel. Commercial time. Um, Mr. Uh, Vinyl, I also have a record player that I play occasionally. It's been a couple of years, but I think I remember the time I played a record just to see Alex's reaction. And it's like, this is how music was played when you're playing it at home. And uh, I couldn't bring myself to get rid of my vinyl, so I've still got some of those vinyls that would be 40 years old. Sid, when you you played that, was it, okay, it's got to either be Queen, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. Am I close or? Uh, I think uh, because I wanted to play something on CD and compare it to, like, vinyl, so I could do that on Pink Floyd, and he was quite surprised. At that age, they all want to hear, like, uh, Another Brick on the Wall Part 2. Yeah. And he was just surprised. Yeah, you're pretty lucky. Like, CD and the vinyl of Pink Floyd all sounds like shit. (laughs) Correct. Never anticipated that coming from you at all, Eddie. (laughs) Hang on. But, Sid, did you then put some Fleetwood Mac on? No, no. (laughs) Because (laughs) the only Fleetwood Mac I have is on CD and my preference is very early Fleetwood Mac. That's the Peter Green era. Give us a top three or a top five albums. Die Straits live album, Alchemy, was probably the one that I played so many times I had to replace. Yeah. I could not get enough of that live album. That was just brilliant. It was probably the first vinyl that, you know, I killed through overplay without a doubt. Just uh, for Eddie, Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here, I played that one so much I had to replace it as well. Got some Neil Young stuff that I played on there as well. Harvest is pretty good. I like that one. Yeah, so uh, I think the, one of my last vinyl is a Neil Young one, and that is Freedom, which has got uh, Keep On Rocking in the Free World. That's probably his best-known song from that time. That'd be the last newer one that I purchased. Um, God, what else? Doors, L.A. Woman. I remember used to love playing that on vinyl. And depending on what friends come over, I'd on my CD player, I used to play a lot of Angels because it was requested quite a lot. Yeah, well, Captain's, you, that's good stuff. Captain's done a top one. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone, anyone else want to throw in a top three or one or five? Or in no particular order, Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. Appetite for Destruction. One of those albums that you can play all the way through. Not a dud song on it. And my favourite song on this album actually is My Michelle, which is, um, yeah. Well, oh, I don't know. Is it my favourite? I don't know. Rocket Queen actually probably is my favourite. So. The whole album. And then, once again, no particular order. This is a new copy, Dirty Deeds by ACDC. The original cover had um, sort of a drawing of Bon with his big tattoo. Um, But I wore it out, so I had to buy a new one. So there's that one. And then this one ties, I think, with my Mark Lanigan one, Peace of Mind by Iron Maiden. This, mm. Every single song on this is incredible and this one probably gets played the most. 
And then probably my oldest one, though this actually is a copy that belonged to my brother, uh, nicked it off him, so is um, Discovery by ELO. If you want to dance around the kitchen, this is is what you play. I love it. No Haircut 100 songs, albums? Uh, Well, I I do have a whole load of uh, new romantic stuff because the beginning, my, my first, you asked us what my first two albums were and they were both sort of released the same year and I bought them at the same time. So it'll give away my age is um, Duran Duran 7 and the Ragged Tiger, which is in pristine condition. I had that on cassette. Yeah, and um, Colour by Numbers, Culture Club. Oh, wow. And and it's one thing that I I sort of learnt from my brother was, like, don't touch it. Like, you're not allowed to touch the cover. It has to be in pristine condition. You're not even allowed to, like, look at it. You have to very oh, gently put it on. Final reference. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just can't because, and, and I look at my copies of my albums now and they are in pristine condition, you know, when they were purchased from, you know, whatever shop it was that I bought them from. They look exactly the same and they're amazing. Back in that time, I, I don't think a lot of us were working. So I, I know albums didn't cost much, but... I, I didn't have much money back then, and um, you always wanted to make your albums last as long as you could, so you'd always look after them. Um, yeah. I remember I had a rule. I would never, like, pick up the arm and move it across to change songs. I'd always wait mm. until it just played through because I didn't want to scratch it. Um, good rule. Yeah. I bought um, Led Zeppelin Four for the sole reason of finding out if Stairway to Heaven played backwards actually had satanic <laughs> in it. Well, we, we did that, we did that I, at school. Yeah, yeah kind of did, but I screwed up Dad's needle on his um, on his um, player and, geez, I copped a hiding over that one. Yeah. So, but yeah. I also found out that it didn't matter what album you put on and played backwards, it all sounded like it was saying something. <laughs> to slow it down to a certain speed. So I think it's bullshit. Maybe of this is where we could talk about, um, maybe we're jumping forward because one of the questions was sort of memories, but now we're talking about it, um, about the, the back messages and playing records backwards. Uh, there's there's a movie that was released maybe 1985 and it's called Trick or Treat and oh. it's sort of uh, a movie about this uh rock and roll, you know, heavy metal legend who dies in um, a horrific accident, but he leaves a record that it is to be played at, at midnight. I think it's Halloween. And um, it's Gene Halloween. Sim- yeah, Gene, Gene Simmons is the DJ that uh, from the local radio station. Anyway, they play it backwards, and when they play it backwards, um, you know, mass destruction happens and Sammy comes back and takes revenge on all of the terrible people that were, you know, nasty to the high school guy. But, um, you know, I think that sort of came about from the Judas Priest lawsuit that happened in America. Do you guys know about that? Yeah. Refresh our memories there, um, Captain. So um, in, you know, middle America somewhere, two young fellows you know, was smoking lots of weed and listening to heavy metal records and oh in God. particular 
in particular stained glass by um, in America. Judas Priest. Yeah, in America. Anyway, and they went down the local park and um, they shot themselves. So one guy shot himself in the head and actually died and another guy survived um, but with horrific injuries. Anyway, so the record companies, um, well, the parents of the, the poor boys tried to sue the record company and Judas Priest actually came across to America and were in the courthouse and they were, you can watch it on YouTube, they were specifically asking Rob Halford was there hidden messages in the, the record because they were, they were saying that the boys were playing it backwards and it was saying, like, do it, do it, do it. Go religion, go religion. But they, they were, you know, cross-examining Rob Halford about... Um, the way that he breathes and the way that he sings and they got him to actually sing, um, you know, in court. Mm, and he, when, that's played, yeah, when that's played backwards, it sort of has an opposite effect. So when he's taking a breath in, it comes out in another way. And so, you know, I mean, the whole thing was a sham because this was all off the back of Tipper Gore and all of the uh, parental guidance thing that they were trying to do at the time, you know, blaming... Um, you know, heavy metal music and explicit lyrics on the downfall of American children. You can't blame how easy it was to get guns in America, can you? So you've no, got to blame no. something else. Yeah, right. and this, right. and this <laughs> is what they, they were all talking about, you know, but, um, yeah. Well, the, but problem is, the problem is that the premise of that is that, like, uh, when this is played backwards, this something happens and does whatever, and it's like, okay, but everybody listens to it forwards. So what the fuck? Yeah. You, oh, sorry, what are you talking about? It's something that if you play records backwards, you are looking for something, yeah, and you absolutely. deserve to find what you look for. It's like when you go looking for hidden presents; right. you deserve to find. You deserve the consequences of what you find. Yeah. All right. So my top five are Strays. Is the name of the album? I think it's two thousand six. In this Jane's Addiction. Uh, the song construction, the guitar playing by Dave Navarro is, is amazing. Uh, the lyrics, amazing. Um, and yeah, you can listen to every track, but like you said before, there's a couple now I'd maybe skip or fast forward if you knew about tape decks. The other one is, uh, you probably know, is Grace. Anyone? Yeah. Who's um, the artist? Buckley. Oh, Jeff Buckley. Yeah, Je Jeff Buckley. Jeff Buckley. Yeah. And side note on that, uh, I feel sorry for his mother. Uh, his father was also a musician, if you don't know, Tim Buckley, who released a bunch of folk albums, and he died tragically early, and also Jeff Buckley, who took heroin with a friend of his, and they went for a swim in the river, and he just disappeared under the water and gone. But that album is... Is that in the Potomac? Mississippi. Mississippi. I can't remember which one, but, yeah. But, but it starts with an M. Mississippi. Yeah. And and I mean, look, that's a debut album as well. So if you, you can, and to me, that's I wouldn't say masterpiece, but it's it's an amazing album, amazing songwriting. Uh, One day remains is the next album, and it's a band called Alter Bridge, who used to be called Creed, who are also in the top ten, I believe, most hated bands in the world. <laughs> Creed, uh, yeah. Under the under number one, who is who's number one? I wonder. No, come on, who's Nickelback. number one? 
Nickelback. Nickelback. Thank you. Uh, that's so they they that's their that's their debut album is Alter Bridge. They got a, a singer from a band called the Mayfield Four, who then went on and recorded now Slash as well. It's an amazing singer. One Day Remains. Highly recommend it. They've had four more albums after that. Uh, next one is The Will to Live. Anyone? 90s, late 90s. Ben Harper. Uh, that I highly recommend that album as well. If you don't know who Ben Harper is, he was big in the late 90s and early 2000s. I, I've been thinking as well, and I'd have to say the same thing. I didn't have much vinyl. I moved more to cassette, so the vinyl I had was my favourite. And I must say I had my vinyl before I really started widely listening to music. So I didn't have a wide collection of it. And one of my yeah, favorites, I had tapes. I had tapes mostly. I had cassettes, yeah. 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 And, um, but my favourite vinyl albums was um, uh, Partridge Family, any of them. Um, and my parents bought them for me. Uh, the first one I bought myself with pocket money was purpose. full bought. Parents bought them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Punishment. Yeah. Punishment they used was to play it full, yeah. full yeah. volume outside yeah. the bedroom. Go These to your days. room. Go to your room and listen to that It's album. Partridge time. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, if they played Partridge the Partridge family at Waco, there wouldn't have been a fire. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they would have no, shot themselves. <laughs> oh my god! They played. Don't listen to Queen. I had um, vinyl. Girl, I had the, the girl from the Partridge family was pretty hot. I got to say that. Oh uh, it was all about Keith Partridge. Yeah, There's right. just it's all about Keith. Um, I had uh, Abba, Abba Arrival. Mm-hmm. And um, Full Bore, a compilation. Full Bore. I can remember bore. the ads for that. I know. Yeah. It was the pig's head on the album cover with the sunglasses mm. that got me in. Um, but compilation albums were really handy because it gave you a taste of lots of different stuff. And when you're on a very limited budget of, you know, pocket money, they work for you. And um, I also... I bought with my own pocket money Australian Crawl Sirocco. And oh, good choice. That was a great album and I still like it. Don't have it. Don't have a turntable. Have never had a turntable, which is why I was the cassette queen. But I do think that they had the lyrics. It was on the either in the book or as you open the album out, album cover out. In James Rain's case, is that called subtitles? I don't know what's going on with him it's um i think so but the uh, dgen did a really good piss take of <laughs> they did with the subtitle they can't hear me raz and dan raz and dan something about taxis <laughs> yes sirocco had um errol on it if i remember right if i'm it not did. mixing it up had, albums and that's the one song james rain didn't sing which you could understand and oh no yeah. not you again was also on it Again, mm. a song not sung by James Rain, so everyone understood it. Understood it. The, and the very guy that sung was he the guy that died? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and Guy Madonna, I think it was Guy Madonna, he sang Errol and Oh No, Not You Again. That name rings a bell, yeah, Guy Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. The, the guy that passed died away the so early? was Brad Robinson. Oh, he was the hottie. Yeah, he, he got cancer or something, the poor bugger, I think. Guy Madonna, yeah, I think he did. He yeah. had a brain tumour. 
Yeah. So Rocket Louie's just, just released again as a, a limited edition colour vinyl. Really? About, uh, about a month ago. <laughs> oh, I'll quickly just go through my top five. So I've got Please do. As well. So oh. five would be Billy Bragg, Back to Basics. Um, oh, wow. Just oh, my love, husband has I that. I love Billy Bragg. I've got every he, album he's ever made. Oh, <laughs> my husband sings, serenades me with Billy Bragg. I fucking hate <laughs> oh, it. He's awesome. Even a uh, deja vu. Is it? This, it'll Billy's be this out one, here at the is, moment, isn't he? No, no, I haven't seen that. This is his first 21 tracks. That'll be up there. I think we work as Playtime, which is a later album, which is also incredible. Um, then changes to David Bowie, which I just love every song. Just, oh, it's not, I don't know. It's love just, it. just love it. Just love it. You've been listening to part one of Graham's Vinyl Underpants. Join us next week for part two. If you'd like to contact us, you can send us an email at podnoname at gmail.com or you can go onto our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podnoname. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Come and join us next week.